eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. During transition on Monday, Bernstein and I were talking about college. We were having this conversation about Pat Fitzgerald, and that got into a conversation about how expensive Northwestern is for year per year. I was way off. I thought it was only about 55 G's, and apparently it's closer to 80 G's. And it ended up being a conversation about college, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed hearing Dan's perspective on it as someone who is in the middle of it. Like he has a daughter in college and his son will be in college in a couple of years. My perspective is the perspective of someone who teaches college right now. I work as a a scholar practitioner at DePaul and I've done so for the last, this was my ninth year of teaching classes at DePaul. I find it incredibly rewarding this year in particular, I, I've been floored from because I've, I've never done back-to-back quarters. So DePaul works in quarters, and really it feels like trimesters. We're on the same schedule as University of Chicago and Northwestern, where we have our first quarter. You can't see me, but I'm using air quotes. From September until Thanksgiving, that's our first quarter. So the quarter's ending, so I get really... I start to look back, really contemplative about what it is that happened over the past quarter. And I've kind of been in the grinder because I've taught back-to-back quarters the first two quarters of a pandemic. Back in March, we made the decision that we were going to go strictly online for asynchronous learning, meaning... Kids didn't have to meet with us because we weren't sure whether students were going to have bandwidth, if they had internet. Honestly, like, honestly, think about it. Like, if you have the, the internet capabilities to house a Zoom, because how many people even knew Zoom existed before last March? So we did asynchronous, and I was actually kind of ready for that as a professor because of my experience at the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. That was how my classes worked. We didn't meet. The professor would put up a lecture each week. 
we would watch the lecture, there'd be an accompanying lesson, and then there would be all of the things that we had to do throughout the week. So I was kind of ready for it. I will say that I really missed interacting with the students and with a class like mine where you're teaching broadcasting and the way that it was set up. Like I have a classroom that is connected to a radio studio so my students can go into the radio studio and we can work on all the things that they need to learn. They can learn how to tease and trying to teach them how to modulate their voices like that sort of thing. I love it. I really, really love it. I'm tired because this year I taught a hybrid class. So a hybrid class is synchronous and asynchronous. So we would meet once a week and then they'd have assignments that they were doing. And it was tough. You know, there were some students who couldn't make it every week. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. And you have to be cognizant of that. I, I can I can tell you that I'm going through a little bit of burnout and I didn't think that I would but I'm I'm very happy that I made it to the end of the quarter because I've I've burned out and I've taught more students than I usually teach because of this transition I tell you all of this so that you understand the place that I'm coming from when I talk about education and the cost of education and where one can find good education First things first, I don't think that college is for everybody. And I think that there are plenty of places where you can learn a trade and make a great living for a really long time. And in some cases, join strong unions that are going to set you up financially for a really long time. To me, the most valuable thing that comes out of college, and this is from my own experience, is the life skills that you get out of it. But I will tell you, I've been thinking about this. I have, I have some friends who work in higher education, as you may imagine, and we talk about some of these things. I have friends who have children in college. It is one of the most unnatural things that we ask our young people on the on their first time living usually their first time living outside of their parents house hey why don't you live with a stranger while you're trying to figure out who you are as a person and how you're going to conduct your life let's throw in you living with a complete stranger and yes m- most of the schools are good at co- connecting people before you move in together but it's really bizarre now let's talk about housing for a second it occurred to me my senior year I lived in a place called Sheffield Square and it occurred to me that the four of us that were living in the two-bedroom apartment were all paying about $750 a month think about that this is 1996 we were paying three thousand dollars collectively a month now i can tell you that i'm in a new place in the south loop that's ballerific with a couple of bedrooms 
and it's still less than $3,000 a month in 2020. Can you imagine what would have happened if we could have gotten together and pooled our resources or our our parents' resources and what we could have lived in in Lincoln Park, like in the neighborhood? It's a lot of money. And I get that the idea of having the safety of the university and having a meal plan that's on a card, you swipe your card and your all your meals are taken care of any time of day, like all of that stuff is valuable. There's a safety, there's a safety in numbers, you're in a in a stacked house of students and supposedly nothing can go wrong or is supposed to go wrong. It just costs a whole hell of a lot of money. As I've gotten older, and understand, I love working for DePaul. And if you have the means and you would like to take one of my classes, I am here for you to, to take one of my classes. I think that it's absolutely worth it. But what I, I'm here to tell you and to ex, ex, expand on from the conversation that Bernstein and I had, you can get a good education in a lot of different places. And no one should start adult life in debt. It's a passion of mine. It's something that when we talk about the dream of college, everyone kind of has this romanticized view of, oh, well, you're going to go live on campus and it's going to be great and there's going to be football games and you're going to hang out in the quad and you're going to smoke weed. And all of those things can be true. But what if you took a slightly divergent path? What if your son or daughter took a slightly divergent path? It's been my experience And I'm talking about me as an undergrad and now me as a professor. There are plenty of students who are not quite sure what they want to do when they get to college. And how could they? They're 17 and 18 when they show up on campus. Most places don't make you declare a major until much later. But you kind of want to be on the track that you're going to be on. From a curriculum standpoint, I believe that there needs to be more introspection from students. Now, some are hyper-focused. They know exactly what they want to do, and they want to use college as a way to get to that place that they want to go. But again, using my own experience, I got into DePaul as an education major. I was a Golden Apple Scholar. I was going to teach. like That was the plan. I was going to follow in the footsteps of my parents, and I was going to be a teacher. Now, eventually, I ended up back in a classroom, but I was teaching my own trade. Then I was going to go to law school. I was going to become a lawyer. Broadcasting was always in the back of my mind because I had done it in high school, and I had an internship my sophomore year that put me on the path that I'm on right now. 
that is another real value of college is internships. But if you look across the the landscape, I know in broadcasting this is the case, in some other places too, in some other industries too, they are getting rid of internships as an avenue for someone to get a job. And there are some valid arguments for that. The idea of am I working for school credit and is school credit worth it or should I be getting paid depending on how many hours that I work? I don't have a judgment on that. I see both sides of that argument. I will say that as someone that works professionally in broadcasting, it is the lifeblood of where we find new talent. And it can be nurtured through that. But I understand anyone saying I should be paid for my labor. That makes complete sense to me. Anyway. I thought for sure that I was headed to Tulane for law school. That I was going to join the Navy and work at the Judge Advocate General. That was the goal. With the Navy like paying for me to go to law school. That sort of thing. I got an internship my senior year at Channel 9, and that completely changed everything. And from then on, I was focused on being a broadcaster and working in the industry. I was 21 when that happened. So think about, I've been in this business now for 23 years, like getting a check for 23 years. When I was 17 or 18, yeah, it was kind of in the back of my mind. But a, a life's work, a career worth of work, wasn't decided until the end of college, not the beginning. Which is part of the reason that I say, if you can convince your little ones that they're going to end up having similar experiences. It'll just be delayed a little bit. Small college, junior college, staying at home for the first two years, I recommend it. And for a couple of reasons. Let me give you some of the reasons that I recommend it. One, what I was saying earlier you shouldn't have to start out your adult life in debt. And think about how many people you know, and maybe if you're listening to this, you're one of those people. How many people are in their late 30s that are still paying off college? And then think about all the people that go to college and they study, pick a major, English, what are they doing with that, that they're still paying it off 20 years down the line? I was lucky. I had some scholarship money. My parents were very generous as far as what they were willing to pay for. I had some loans, and I, I got them paid off, but I don't think I got my school loans paid off until I was 31. Think about that. It's almost 10 years in debt. If you can shave some of that debt and still get what you need, 
And in the Chicagoland area, I'm sure it's the same in other places too. There are some terrific junior colleges that will prepare you. Like the city colleges are great. Malcolm X, Kennedy King. There's there's all sorts of things that you can get from those places in just the, the prerequisites, the classes that you have to take. Why not take those classes in a, a less expensive manner? And then when you get to my level, I teach the 300 level class. Okay, well, maybe you're paying for someone's expertise at that point. But get the regular stuff out of the way. And do it as inexpensively as possible. And I think if, if hopefully we will end up outside of this scourge of a pandemic. But if we don't, from an education standpoint, for the next year or so, you have to look at most of the professors that are working are like me. And honest, like real talk, a lot of them have a lesser experience than I do. I had the experience of learning online. Therefore, I have an idea of what a class should look like online. A lot of professors are used to, and I know a bunch of them that tapped out in March was like, nope, I can't do my class unless I can do my class in person. you can get some of these things at a much lower rate at other places. Like I said earlier, college is about the living experience of it. Like the, the people you meet, how you deal with problems, how you deal with success, how you deal with being out on your own and not having your parents running behind you to make sure that you go to class and that you get up on time and that you, don't stay out all night drinking, like all of those things. There's incredible value to that and the interpersonal aspect of it. You can still have a, most of that stuff at a JC or a smaller school. I am not here to completely bring down the university system. As I said, I am a product of it and I have benefited from it from working at my alma mater. Don't get it twisted. I don't I don't get rich teaching. No one who teaches gets rich. Although it is interesting to look at what administrators of universities make. And there's a lot of places, even locally, where that's become a thing. Where you start looking at those salaries and like, wait, how much do you make? 800000 Damn. The other thing that my experience at Alabama taught me is that there's a lot of places where you can get a great education inexpensively. I'm a graduate student, and a lot of times graduate students, or I was a graduate student, we'll see if I go get a PhD. But those people are usually coveted because they're not a lot of scholarships that are being handed out for continuing education, You're getting another degree. So you're paying cash. And I remember when I was going through the process of whittling down schools that I wanted to go to, I kept this in mind. Like, how much money am I going to pay for graduate school? I'm not here to put all my business out on the street, although I hope that some of this stuff helps you. 
my degree at Alabama, my two years at Bama, whatever you think they cost, it costs less than that. And a lot of these larger public universities like Alabama are starting to get kids from outside of their region. University of Alabama gets a lot of kids from the Chicagoland area to move down there to Tuscaloosa. You know why? You got warm weather all year round. It never really gets cold there. Warm weather all year round, an incredible football team, and quite honestly, incredible facilities. It's an hour and a half flight from here to Birmingham and then a 40-minute drive to Tuscaloosa. That's easy. And it was inexpensive. So another thing, if you're thinking about going to grad school, think about some of the, find a, a, a big public university that has a program that you're interested in because you'd be amazed at what you could save on it. And if this sounds like a, a commercial for the University of Alabama, well, damn it, it is. Roll Tide. They're so good. <laughs> I'll share this with you. They're so good at the Southern hospitality thing and turning it into education. So I graduated in 19. It was great. It was emotional. I cried at the graduation. I think because I was just exhausted. <laughs> I was completely exhausted. Do you realize what 2017 through 2019 was like for me? I was doing a radio show five nights a week. I was doing a television show at least once a week during football season. Six day weeks along with taking master's level classes online. I was literally going home from the show, going to my office and finishing my work. It was re and and I was also teaching at DePaul. What the hell was I thinking? Anyway. Look for a big public university, and all of these places are offering online stuff now. So if you have the discipline, you can, you can excel at some of these things. I know that I've been rambling. I've been talking for probably too long. But I just wanted to let you know that there are opportunities out there, and you don't have to go broke to get your education. Like That is one of the things that I am... I'm a big fan of you. You don't have to do that. You can. It's a tough thing to try to convince young people that the college experience has something to do with College of DuPage or Oakton or these really fine community colleges that have incredible programs with professors that care. Not that the big university, I mean, I'm, I'm someone who works at the largest Catholic university in America. I care about my students a lot, and I care about being from and of DePaul a lot. I just don't want to see more young people end up in debt as they're entering adulthood. It's not fair. It's, it's not a good thing. So think about it and explore it, investigate it, 
and, and make it a part of the conversations that you have with your children. Like make the, don't just make the conversation about we can't afford to send you to blank. Let them understand the economics. Like it's a good way to teach basic economics of look, if for two years you live here while you take classes at Community College X, you're going to be saving money that you don't have to pay and you're going to be getting what is essentially free room and board because you're still living with your parents. You're going to be able to save some money if you're working on top of that. Like if you've got a job while you're in school, you can save some cash. And if you want at the end of the two years, then you can transfer in. And I will tell you that I have loved the experience that I've had with students who transferred into DePaul. They are hungry. They understand the value of their education. And they go for it. And I like that. Whether I've had transfers or I've had military, it's the same type of thing. I've had a lot of students who left the military and are now, you know, the the Army or the Air Force or the Navy is paying for their education and they want it bad. Just look at it as an option and crunch the numbers and be truthful with your student. Be truthful with them about what this could do for them. It's all you're doing is At the worst, you're delaying that college experience two years. And I'm telling you, most of our students are better off entering the world of university, like on-campus university, at 20 than they are at 17. I'm telling you, they will be better for it, in my opinion. As we see the cost of universities skyrocket. Know that there are options. And it might not be the romanticized way that we think about college, but you could be setting them up to have a better life by just thinking a little bit outside the box. Like don't turn away some of these small some of these junior colleges. And as I was saying earlier, do the do break down the numbers yourself. Break them down and you'll find out that you're going to save some money and some headache too. And yeah, it's rough having a small adult in your house for a couple more years. But it'll be worth it and you will have set them up in a great way. If you're someone who can get a scholarship to a, a, a big university, fantastic. Go do it. And go live. And if your parents can afford the tuition, if it's not breaking their back and you're not getting loans, I'm here for it. You want to go to Northwestern or DePaul or Loyola? I'm here for it. But just keep in mind that there are other options out there. That's all. I'm glad you listened to this podcast. I appreciate you doing it. I know that this is a lot of time that I've spent on the subject, but I wanted to give it 
as much time as the subject needed. And that's why I did the podcast instead. Uh, But it was great to get Dan's perspective and like hearing from a parent about some of these things that you're thinking as you're trying to decide where to go. And I know that there are a lot of people who feel like, you know, there's prestige. You know, if I go here, if I go to Harvard, you know, I go to Yale. Yeah, there's prestige for it. But guess what? If you spend two years at a junior college and then transfer into DePaul, Northwestern, Oberlin, Yale, Harvard, Vanderbilt, at the end, when you graduate from those institutions, there's not an asterisk on your diploma that said started at a junior college. Your diploma will say Vanderbilt University on it. So you still will have graduated from those places. Keep it in mind. I'm out. Thanks for listening.